the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson. Here you will hear teaching that will challenge you to a deeper walk with Jesus. Whatever place you are in your understanding of God's plan for your life, you will grow closer by listening. No shame, no guilt, and no condemnation. But you will be challenged to a closer walk with God. Now, here's Pastor Israel with today's teaching. When we talk about walking in the Spirit, we're talking about tasting the life that Jesus has given us. And you can never go back to a place where you've never been. But if you've been to a, a place, you can always say, okay, I've been there. And there are places where I can go back to. And there are places I will never go back to. That's all part of being walking in the, in the newness of life. And the same is true with our relationship with Jesus. You can never go back to a relationship that you never had. So this morning, if you never had a relationship with Jesus, you, they have no place for you to go back to. So the, the question is, do you know Jesus? Have you trusted in Jesus? The verse says, for this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom this his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. So God is, is doing two things in our lives when, when we become Christians. He's, he's doing two things, okay, according to our, our verse. He's, he's transforming us. And also transitioning us. When we become Christians, when we come to Jesus by faith, remember those two things. That's our communion point this morning. He's transforming us. For what purpose? For His glory. And that's all right here on earth. The transformation that's ha that happened to you and I the moment we came to faith in Jesus, the work of the Spirit of God in transforming us is for the purpose of glorifying God here on earth. But He's not just transforming us so that we can be glorifying to God. He's not just changing the way we think. He's not just this, you know, trying to kill the, 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 the emotions and the soul and, the, and the, 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 the deep sin that is in every person's heart. He's not just transforming that. He's also transitioning us towards eternity. That's something that we neglect as Christians, you know, because we always say, oh, you know, the moment you become a Christian, God is transforming you to this and that. Yes, He's transforming us, but He's doing another thing. He's transitioning us and preparing us for eternity. This world is not our home. We're just passing through. We're sojourners. If you live to be 100 years, that's still too short compared to eternity. Our real home is in heaven. 
So there are two things happening when we become Christians. We are being transformed and we're being transitioned. All of a sudden, the things in this world that we so crave, the things of the world that we so uh, try to, to, uh, to attain, the successes, all of these things, the wonderful things that, that, that we can have in this world, for some reason, the longer we are, be, become stronger spiritually, the longer we walk with God, the, 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 the less the, the things of the world become appetizing to us. Because our hearts are being transformed and it's being transitioned. Transformation is for the glory of God while we are here on earth. We are still witnesses to the glory and power of God. And this is the work of the Trinity in our lives. The Father declares us that we are His children. The Son dwells in us and the Spirit of God drives us. You and I will simply never be the same again when we come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. God declares us as strong. The Son of God dwells in us. By that I mean the main influence in our lives are the words of Jesus. And the Spirit, the Holy Spirit drives our lives. That's what it means to be positioned for spiritual strength. There's no such thing as a Christian living a defeated life spiritually. And I reject that term. We are victorious in Christ. Amen. There's no trials, no temptation, no struggles, no sin that we cannot overcome. Because of the Spirit of God that He sent us. And that's the great hope that I have. I I know I'm going to heaven when I die. And that's not bragging. I'm not bragging. You know, I'm going to heaven when I die. That's not a, a Christian bragging that's the assurance that we have and that that assurance that hope doesn't come from our institutional systems it doesn't come to the man-made philosophies that we have it doesn't come from books it comes from heaven it comes from god it's distinct we have that distinctness distinctiveness of hope We know we are distinct on the basis of two very important qualities that we possess. Responsiveness and expressiveness. Responsiveness is towards eternal values. Okay, Responsiveness to what? To God's Word. Responsiveness to the things that God wants us to do. Responsiveness to the work of the church. The work of Christ in the church. And responsiveness to the plight of the lost. All of those things are the product of our transformational being our responsiveness responsiveness uh, towards things that have uh, eternal values well as expressiveness uh, or glorifying god on the earth includes prayer praise worship giving all of those things those are all important things that we possess as we grow in spiritual strength these are transforming and transitioning power of the Holy, that the Holy Spirit uh, gives us. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into, the, into His likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Secondly, the second mark, the second key that builds upon the first one is this, that spiritual growth gives us the dimensions of of Christ's love, the dimensions of Christ's 
love. Uh, look at the verse again. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide, how long, how high and deep is the love of Christ. Those are dimensional terms. Those are measurable terms. When you talk about dimensions, you're talking about measurements. Okay? Love of Christ is measured in our practical expressions of love for God. So the knowledge that we have of who Jesus is and His love, the dimensions are, are, are actually measurable. Spiritual strength or spiritual growth like faith, peace, worship, and prayer uh, are not just uh, individual experiences, okay? We, we as Christians, you know, we're promised as individuals to have all of these things, but they are also corporate. This should be experienced in the church. You can only experience the love of God in the context of community, and people have problems with that. Oh, I can, I can experience the love of God even though I don't hang out with church people. God's love is good, but I don't like hanging out with church people. You, you can't. How can you experience that? Those of you watching online, please join us back. You know, I, take, I take one week vacation, and the rest of you take a vacation after I do. Listen, okay? You cannot hug that TV. You cannot, you cannot experience the expression of God's love outside the community of believers. That is a mandate from, from God, from scriptures, that sometimes we fail. You know, when you enter this church, you know, I, I just hope and pray to God that you're experiencing some measure of Christ's love. At least a smile from somebody, right? I say, how are you? You, you know, can I pray for you? And I know a lot of you guys do that on a regular basis. A lot, a lot of you reach out to people. A, a lot, I mean, I'm very thankful that we have people here that pray during the COVID. We were devastated by COVID in our church. Uh, I think the only person that didn't have COVID in this church is, is Jesus. <laughs> Ignore me, you know. That's what happens when you go on vacation. You, you, you miss your calling altogether. But the only way we experience the love of God is in the context of having somebody say to you, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to do whatever I, I can to make sure that, you know, I, I, I lift you up. You know, our worship team, they, they, they come up here, you know, they, they do their best. You know, you know uh, Eric and, you know, the, the people that take care of the sound. Can you imagine if those guys are not taking care of the sound, how we sound up here? Those are expressions of, expressions of love. Those are not, those, that, that's how we measure. That, that's how you know. Jesus says, people are going to know that you are my disciples by how you love each other. That, that's, that's a commandment in Scripture. So what I'm saying is be connected to a community because that's how you measure the love of God. That's how it's measured. You know, you don't get judged in a church. In this church, you're never going to ever get judged because our, our, our understanding here is that God is the judge. I'd rather have you get mad at me when the Word of God judges us than actually God judging us. So as preachers, we, we carry this burden. 
We want to love people, but if we love people, we also have to tell them the whole counsel of God. God is love, amen? But God is holy. You have to say amen to both. You can't simply say, oh, God is love, and that's all there is to that. Yes, God is love. Nobody argues with that. God in his very nature is love, but God is also holy. And a holy God will judge. Not the preacher, not the church. It's a holy God who will judge. What is he going to judge us with? He's going to judge us with the revelation of the word of Christ. With Christ himself. So we're big Jesus people in our church. I'm a big Jesus person. If you hear me preach, you're going to hear the name of Jesus. You're just going to need to hear it. And you know why I need to speak the name of Jesus? Because that's the only way I'm guaranteed that the devil will tremble. Because the devil trembles at the name of Jesus. He shudders. He gets scared at the name of Jesus. So those of you who are falling asleep in this sermon, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Ignore my craziness. The only way we know the love of Christ is, is when we have a vital connection with the body of Christ. Where else can we find encouragement? Facebook, Pastor. Nah. Where else can you be rebuked when you're transgressing? Where else can you find comfort? Oh, I, need, I know this bar, Pastor, at downtown where I get all my comfort. Instruction. Where else do you get these things? The Bible says you only get it in two places, the Word and the body of Christ. The presence of God's love is manifested first and foremost in the church, in the body of Christ. You can love God all you want, but if you don't love His church, your love is incomplete. I'm sorry to say that. How can you love the head and ignore the body? John 17, 26 says, I have made you known to them, and I will continue to make you known in order that the love you, may, you have for me may be in them, and that, my, that I myself may be in them. The word them there refers to the body of Christ, to the church. Verse 19 of John chapter 14 says, We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother or sister, he is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother who, has he, who he, he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. Do you ever wonder why you don't have a grasp of the love of God? That you always hear the preachers talk about? Oh, God's love, God loves this, God loves that. But why don't I feel it, preacher? It's not meant to be felt. It's meant to be experienced in the church. You can be physically present here this morning, but you can be disconnected spiritually, and that's a tragedy. I often, when I was a young pastor, those 10 years ago or so, <laughs> one of our biggest dilemmas as, as young, young preachers is that, you know, am I doing enough, God? 
to make sure that, that, that your people are worshiping you, like, that your people are serving you. Am I doing enough? Am I saying things that are right? You know, we all have these insecurities when you stand on a pulpit and you preach. You have all these insecurities coming in that, you, you know, uh, you, you're not saying enough. You're not doing enough to make people really, people's hearts beat for God and all of that until one day. And I was praying. And God, you know, he doesn't speak to me in an audible voice like he does some of you. But I have this sense, this impression in my heart, and I heard this word from God, not an audible voice, not an actual statement. I heard him say this to me. And when I say that, I need to be very careful. I did not have a direct line from heaven. I didn't hear it word for word. But the impression that he gave in my heart is this. You can never make people love me. And after that, I was free as a bird. I'm not smart enough, eloquent enough, talented enough to make any one of you love God. That's the work of the Spirit. That's the work of the Spirit of God. That, that, that builds up. You know, you get the dimension of Christ's love. Hebrews 13, 20 to 21 says, May God, may the God of peace who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will, and may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom glory forever and ever. Amen. This is the work of the Spirit of God. Knowing the love of God, knowing the love of Christ has one inevitable result, spiritual strength. That happens when we... Align our will with God's will. That, that happens when we align our, our desires and everything else according to the will of God. John 4.16 says, 4, 4, says, And so we know and rely on the love of God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. This is the work of the Spirit. Doing God's will is an expression of God's love. Doing God's will, born out of the love for God, is really the fruit of that spiritual strength and maturity. There are many metaphors used in the Bible to describe our maturity, our spiritual strength, and how it, it prospers in us. There are many metaphors in the kingdom of God, all of which points to the one goal of bringing us towards spiritual strength and and. and, and, and and here are some of them. You may just want to jot this down. I didn't put this down on your outline. But these are some of the metaphors that, that, um, that the Bible uses to describe spiritual strength. As we, we, we do the will of God, as we get stronger in understanding and expressing His will, as we align our will, uh, these are some of the metaphors used. We, it's been described as a seed. Okay, Matthew thirteen fourteen. Life in the kingdom of God is sown into the hearts of people, and that seed, the Bible says in in First Peter one twenty three, is an imperishable seed. So when we come to faith in Jesus, a seed is planted in our heart that will not perish. That's an agricultural metaphor. Here's another one, a biological metaphor: a child. The spiritual strength sometimes is referred to as a child that must be born again and brought into maturity. Another metaphor is an educational metaphor. We are called disciples. 
Jesus says to his disciples, I no longer call you servants. You have graduated. You are now my friends. So there's this, there's this trajectory of growing in spiritual strength and spiritual maturity. And one final one, the metaphor of um, an architectural metaphor. That's, uh, we are referred to as a building. 1 Corinthians 3.11 says that Christ is the foundation of this building. That, what is that building? It refers to the church and it refers to us as individual bodies and temples of the Holy Spirit. And through Christ is the ultimate the ultimate living rock, each of us is adding to that structure stone upon stone. And Peter says we are being built into a spiritual house. Those are wonderful descriptions of what it means to walk in strength. God's will is known only by those who have developed spiritual strength. So if after being a Christian for so many years and you still don't know what God's will is, there's a chance that you have never really met him because this has to happen. Fourth and final thing, fourth and final key to the spiritual growth thing is that spiritual growth, spiritual strength leads to a doxology of life. It, in other words, it leads, leads to a declaration of great praise in our life. Spiritual strength is characterized by the presence of great praise. That comes from our mouths. Look at the doxology in verse 28. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. You and I in Christ are in it until the day we die. Our lives, our mouths, our hearts will be filled with a declaration of praise towards God. I'd like to close with some practical expressions of spiritual strength or maturity. How do we get strong spiritually? There is a personal responsibility that we have. There's this personal cultivation in us that needed to be done. We need to be responsible for removing the thorns and the, and the barriers to the soil of our hearts so that that spirit will grow, so that strength will begin to manifest itself. Spiritual growth involves crucifying the flesh. Again, when I say the flesh, crucifying the sinful nature. No Christian should ever say, you know, Pastor, I'm addicted to this. Pastor, I'm addicted to that. Pastor, this is, I struggle with this, I struggle with that. You know, struggles are meant to be overcome. And that's why we have the Holy Spirit. Okay? But how do we overcome? We need to make a decision to crucify the sinful nature. And we do have it within us. Because we have the power of the Spirit that helps us. The Holy Spirit is destroying the emotions and the will of the soul and the body. And let, let the Spirit destroy its work. But we need to do that. We need to crucify the, the flesh. If you want a reference, Galatians 5, 16 to 18. We also need to walk in the Spirit after we crucify the flesh. Walking in the Spirit, Galatians 5, 25, meaning we need to yield. We need to yield to the direction of the Word of God. We need to do, yield to the direction of righteousness, the direction of truth. There's a lot of things non-negotiable in the Scriptures. That's a lot. And we need to make sure that we are walking in those things. We also need to turn our troubles into opportunities. 
Romans 5, 2 and 5. Don't, don't let the suffering and the trials and all of these things that you're going through, that I'm going through, just be that. They can be turned into opportunities because the Spirit of God is at work even in our times of suffering. We need to engage in spiritual disciplines. What are spiritual disciplines? You must know if you're a Christian. The spiritual discipline of praying, of fasting, of worshiping God on His day. These are not legalistic things that we impose on people. Christians have been doing this for over 2,000 years because this is commanded by the Spirit. One of the ultimate ironies of spiritual growth is related to, to this uh, thing about keeping our eye in heaven, keeping our, uh, our eyes towards heaven, taking risks and keeping one's eye focused on heaven. All of this might, ta- might have to take place in everyday life. One of the, mo- the ultimate ironies of spiritual growth is related to the theme um, of seeking other people's growth in their spiritual lives. We are responsible for equipping each other towards spiritual strength. We are called in the Bible to love, to exhort one another, to serve one another, to teach one another, to admonish and pray for one another. We grow ourselves the moment we make a commitment that to be strong spiritually, we need to give of ourselves. We need to surrender to the will of God. You've been listening to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson, a ministry of Living Rock Christian Church in Sunnyvale, California. If you have been helped by this radio program and would like to keep it on the air, your continued prayerful and financial support is greatly appreciated. Please visit livingontherockradio.com where all your tax-deductible gifts will go directly to the radio ministry. That's livingontherockradio.com. Living Rock is a church that doesn't care how you are dressed or what candidate you voted for. A church made up of imperfect people from all walks of life with a hunger and thirst to understand God's plan for our lives. No matter what you've been through or what questions you may have about God and faith, you will find love, grace, and hope at Living Rock Christian Church, 675 East Taylor Avenue in Sunnyvale, with Sunday worship starting at 10.30 a.m. More information at livingontherockradio.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.